Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast. The best podcast ever. We got an egg count yesterday, which I didn't notice at the time until later. Discussion prompt was this, actually quite heartwarming. I Am Norwegian said this, I have been chronically behind for a while now, but yesterday I managed to read ahead by one chapter. This chapter just confirmed my love for Athelny and his family. What great people. Hopefully we'll get a few chapters with them before Philip invariably screws up again. One thing that did outrage me in this chapter was the mother offering a glass of milk with a beaten egg in it. What the F is that? Um, Eggnog? I don't know what eggnog is. But I think putting a beaten egg into a drink was pretty normal back then. And also, yeah, plus one to the egg count for the book. Um, what, wasn't there a drink earlier in the book with a beaten egg? It was like a alcohol. It was like rum with a beaten egg or something crazy like that. Uh, Jan Brunt said, I think it's supposed to be a fortifying drink. Thelony and his wife already knew that Philip is homeless, so she's offering him a rich drink to give him some strength right away. Yeah, if you eat an egg when you're hungry. It's like a protein shake, you know? It's An egg is all protein, and um, the yolk is has got a lot of energy and, and oil and whatever in it. Um, so an egg is a very good thing if you're hungry. Very nutritious. Laura Weistich said, This chapter was the complete opposite to the previous. I'm glad. I didn't want another one of such despair. I felt bad for Philip that he's never experienced kindness before because I know because I have shown kindness to others many times. And Jan Brown said this, A friend in need is a friend indeed. This book is a good reminder that we never really know what's going on in the lives of our colleagues and acquaintances. They might be impossibly proud and bashful like Philip and not ask for help even when they are nearly homeless. All right, there we go. That's the discussion. Time to read the chapter. Next chapter. This will be a short episode because it's a fairly short discussion and it's a fairly short chapter. It's chapter 102 and it goes like this. Athelny told Philip that he could easily get him something to do in the large firm of linen drapers in which himself worked. In which himself worked. In which himself worked. Several of the assistants had gone to war. And Lynn and Sedley, with patriotic zeal, had promised to keep their places open for them. They put the work on they put the work of the heroes on those who remained, and since they did not increase the wages of these, were able at once to exhibit public spirit and affect the economy. But the war continued, and trade was less depressed. The holidays were coming when numbers of the staff went away for a fortnight at a time. They were bound to engage more assistance. Philip's experience had made him, him doubtful whether even then they would engage him, but Athelny, representing himself as a person of consequence in the firm, insisted that the manager could refuse him nothing. Philip, with his training in Paris, would be very useful. It was only a matter of waiting a little, and he was bound to get a well-paid job to design costumes and draw posters. Philip made a poster for the summer sale and Athelny took it away. Two days later he brought it back, saying that the manager admired it very much and regretted it with all his heart that they were. there was no vacancy just then in that department. Philip asked whether there was nothing else he could do. I'm afraid not. Are you quite sure? 
Well, the fact is they are advertising for a shop walker tomorrow, said Athalie, looking at him doubtfully through his glasses. Do you think I stand any chance of getting it? Athalie was a little confused. He had led Philip to expect something much more splendid. On the other hand, he was too poor to go on providing him indefinitely with board and lodging. You might take it while you wait for something better. You always stand a better chance if you're engaged by the firm already. I am not proud, you know, smiled Philip. If you decide on that, you must be there at a quarter to nine tomorrow morning. Notwithstanding the war, there was evidently much difficulty in finding work, for when Philip went to the shop, many men were waiting already. He recognised some who he had seen in his own searching, and there was one whom he had noticed lying about the park in the afternoon. To Philip, now, that suggested that he was as homeless as himself, and passed the night out of doors. The men were of all sorts, old and young, tall and short, but everyone had tried to make himself smart for the interview with the manager. They had carefully brushed hair and scrupulously cleaned hands. They waited in a passage which Philip learnt afterwards, led up to the dining hall and the workrooms. It was broken every few yards by five or six steps. Though there was electric light in the shop, here was only gas with wire cages over it for protection and it flared noisily. Philip arrived punctually, but it was nearly ten o'clock when he was admitted into the office. It was three-cornered like a cut of cheese lying on its side. On the walls were pictures of women in corsets and two poster proofs, one of a man in pyjamas, green and white in large stripes, and the other of a ship in full sail ploughing the azure sea. On the sail was printed in large letters, Great White Sail. The widest side of the office was the back of one of the shop windows which was being dressed at the time and an assistant went to and fro during the middle during the interview the manager was reading a letter he was a florid man with sandy hair and a large sandy mustache from the middle of his watch chain hung a bunch of football medals he sat in his shirt sleeves at a large desk with a telephone by his side. Before him were the day's advertisements, Athelney's work and cuttings from newspapers pasted on a card. He gave Philip a glance, but did not speak to him. He dictated a letter to the typist, a girl who sat at a small table in one corner, then asked Philip his name, age and what experience he had. He spoke with a cockney twang in a high metallic voice, which seemed not able always to control. Philip noticed that his upper teeth were large and protruding. They gave you the impression that they were loose and would come out if you gave them a sharp tug. I think Mr. Athelney has spoken about you to me, said Philip. Oh, you are the young fellow who did the poster. Yes, sir. No good to us, you know, not a bit of good. He looked Philip up and down. He seemed to notice that Philip was in some way different from the men who had preceded him. You'd have to get a frock coat, you know. I suppose you haven't got one. You seem a respectable young fella. I suppose you found art didn't pay. Philip could not tell whether he meant to engage him or not. He threw remarks at him in a hostile way. Where's your home? My father and mother died when I was a child. I like to give young fellows a chance. Many's the one I've given their chance to, and they are managers of departments now, and they are grateful to me. I'll say that for them. They know what i done for them. Start at the bottom of the ladder, that's the only way to learn the business, and then, if you stick to it, there's no knowing what it can lead to. If you suit, one of these days you may find yourself in a position like what mine is. Bear that in mind, young fellow. 
I'm very anxious to do my best, sir, said Philip. He knew that he must put in the sir whenever he could, but it sounded odd to him, and he was afraid of overdoing it. The manager liked talking. It gave him a happy consciousness of his own importance, and he did not give Philip his decision till he had used a great many words. Well, I dare say you'll do, he said at last in a pompous way. Anyhow, I don't mind giving you a trial. Thank you very much, sir. You can start at once. I'll give you six shillings a week and you'll keep. Everything found, you know, the six shillings is only pocket money to do what you like with, paid monthly. Start on Monday. I suppose you've got no cause of complaint with that? No, sir. Harrington Street. Do you know where that is? Shaftesbury Avenue. That's where you sleep. Number 10 it is. You can sleep there on Sunday night if you like. That's just as you please. Or you can send your box there on Monday. The manager nodded. Good morning. All right, there we go. Another chapter down. Philip's got himself a job. Hold on, Philly boy. Have your say about that one over at the subreddit. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.